be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Leadership today is more than just a position in an organization. It's also a mix of proven practices that produce results. Welcome to Adesis Methodology for Collaborative Management for Exceptional Results with Dr. Ishak Adesis. Our program will bring you the how and why of successfully led businesses or organizations with not-for-profit goals and how you can apply the Adesis Methodology and make it work for you. Now, here is Dr. Ishak Adesis. Hello, 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 hello. This is Dr. Ishak Adizis, and I'm flattered that I have an opportunity to be on the radio to broadcast my 40 years of experience in helping organizations be successful, leaders of the industry, leaders of the country. The material that I'm sharing with you here is not developed in a library or some controlled experiments. It is based on 44 years of actual work with companies around the world, lecturing in 52 countries, and learning from all of my clients and learning from all the participants in my lectures. So it is developed and being articulated over many years with contributions from many people. I am in this in this broadcast I'm only exposing you to this methodology called the thesis methodology because to learn it you have to go much deeper. And I hope that this exposure will excite you and make you interested to learn it more because it's worthwhile to learn it. Companies using this methodology if you look at our website, www.adizes, A-D-I-A-D, like in David, I-Z-E-S, dot com, you will see in our website people with real names of presidents of companies, real names of companies and the cities they come from, some of the very well-known companies worldwide, claim that they have grown from $12 billion in sales to $1.5 billion in sales organically, because of that is methodology, or with the help of that is methodology, or grown from 150 million in revenue to 4 billion in revenue, and the founder still was 100% owner of that company, all of it because they were helped by this methodology that I'm going to share with you now. So this is what's called the medicine evidence-based methodology. It has been tested. It works. In the previous segments, we talked about management, how to manage change, 
uh, how to collaborate, make decisions, how to look at what is a problem, what's not a problem, so you know how to... Because once you identify a problem correctly, it's much easier to solve it. You know, correct diagnosis is 50% of the solution. In the last week section broadcast, we started a totally new field called How to Predict Future Problems Today. And we introduced the concept of life cycles, that organizations have a life cycle. They are like they're alive. They're born, they grow, they age, and they die. And I've said it already in the previous segment, where you're in the life cycle, whether you're young or old, whether you're aggressive, moving, flexible, alive, quote-unquote, or whether you're old, nothing happening, moving very slowly, not changing, and the world is passing you by and you're left behind, does not depend on age, chronological age, does not depend on size, which is the typical mistakes people make. They believe if the company is very large, then it's old. And if it is a startup, young, oh, then it's young. Not true. In our experience, we have seen companies that are $10 billion in revenue, young, and organizations that are $5 billion in sales, old. Or 108 years young, and companies that are five years old. So it's not, age is not where you're in the life cycle, behaviorally, how you behave, is not determined by your chronological age, and it's not determined by your size. It's determined by how flexible are you, how flexible are you to change, and how much controllability there is in your company so you don't get into trouble. If your flexibility is very high and controllability is very low, you're very young. If your controllability is very high and your flexibility is low, you're either aging or dying. If controllability is going up and flexibility down, you're aging. If both flexibility and controllability are going down, then you're dying. When you are flexible and controllable, which called controllable flexibility, you are in the prime of your life. Like somebody says, what is middle age? Middle age is the prime of your life. Why? Because by that time you finally know what you like and what you want, and you still have time to do it and enjoy it. Up to that point, you're still experimenting. You don't know what you want to do with your life. After that point, it's too late. There is no time to make it happen or to enjoy it. So middle age is prime. You still have time to enjoy it, and you finally know what it is that makes you enjoyable. Same thing for a company. It experimented, it knows what it wants, it knows what it is, and still there is time to do something about it. It is not losing it. The first stage in the life cycle that we covered was courtship. And in courtship, the company is building commitment. The company is not born yet. It's like courting to get married. We are falling in love. And we are testing our love. That's why you need a business plan to test your commitment. And 
if the commitment is high enough and passes all these tests of reality, the company will be born. So when is a company born? And this is the subject of today's broadcast, title being How to Manage a Startup Successfully. And last week's segment was How to Start a Company Successfully. Now how to manage a company successfully. A company is born, not when it gets incorporated, it's just the act. Not when you, I don't know, uh, announce it. <laughs> no, it is when the risk is taken, when your commitment is tested and it survives it. In other words, your commitment is high enough for the risk you're taking. Like in a marriage, when are you really married? Not when you put the ring on the finger. Not when you break the glass. This, or you sign the papers. This is a final act. You are married when you are committed. When you are committed to the other person. From there on, it's all rituals. Risk is born. Commitment has to be commensurate to the risk. The higher is the risk you are taking, the higher has to be the commitment. Well, let's continue now. What happens when risk is born? Major change in the culture of the organization. Up to that point, it was all rosy, talk, excitement, passion. Now that the risk is born, we rented the space, we bought the equipment, we signed a contract to deliver something. Now is not the time to talk because there is risk. Now is not the time to dream. Now it is the time to do. Now we are busy. Busy doing. And if somebody is still dreaming and talking, what happens? We shy away from them. Please look at the revolution in the history of mankind. The theoretician of the pre-revolutionary era, before the revolution occurred, if they are still alive and keep talking after the revolution has taken place, they will be put in prison and shot and executed. Why? Because they are interfering with the doing. Those that end up on the wall in the big picture as a founder are usually people that died just as the revolution took place or soon thereafter. So they do not interfere anymore. Or they change the style. They stop dreaming and start doing, which is what founders of companies do. Good founders of companies are dreamers, and then when the baby is born, they know how to raise it, how to rock it and feed it and change it. They get to work. No more dreaming. Now is the time to make the dream a reality. Sell, 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 sell. Why sell, 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 sell? Because an infant organization, like a baby, needs milk. You cannot tell a baby, I just fed you three hours ago. What the matter with you? You still want more milk? It needs every three, four hours milk. Why? It's growing. Infant organization is growing, needs money, needs cash, cash, cash. 
infusion of cash. For what? Not only for investments, for working capital. I've seen infant organizations, the investors put money into the building, into the capital equipment, but not for working capital. And what's going to happen to that company? It's going to die. It's going to be trouble. It needs more money for more inventory, for more accounts receivables. It needs working capital. It needs milk. So its focus is on cash. The goal of an infant organization is cash, 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 cash. They do anything to get cash, which is very dangerous. They sometimes sell below the cost of replacement just to get the cash. They're feeding the dog with his own tail until the whole dog disappears in his own rectum. It's very, very dangerous. So whenever you start up a company, you have to ask yourself, where is the extra capital going to come from for working capital for my growth? If you don't have that capital lined up and organized and available and you are instilling confidence in your investors and trust in your investors so they will continue to support you, you started a company, then the investors will buy the company away from you and you will get nothing as a founder or very little. So you need to think about milk, about cash. And how you do that? Work. Work day and night. An infant organization is day and night. And because of that, it's normal. Normal. Hear me well, because it's a typical mistake people do. They don't understand that it's normal. What is normal? To have an authoritarian, hard-nosed, quote-unquote impossible leader at that time. They don't want him to participate in management, open-minded, flexibility. <laughs> they have only two ways to look at the world, my way and no other way, do it or otherwise. Very authoritarian, very hard-nosed. Why is that? Why is that normal? They don't delegate. They run the whole show by themselves, by the seat of their pants. This is normal, I repeat, normal. Don't criticize them. It's normal. Why is it normal and what to do about it after the break? don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. 
The ADESIS management methodology increases the speed at which organizations are able to implement change and solve their problems. The methodology introduces an innovative process, culture, and system that allow organizations to achieve dramatic growth in both revenue and profits. Build your success from within. ADESIS management methodology is delivered by the ADESIS Institute with offices worldwide, introducing a new management paradigm. Visit www.adesis.com for the ADESIS Institute today. The ADESIS Speakers Bureau can present the ADESIS methodology and its approach to harnessing the power of change to your top management team. The presentations, either in person or via a live video hookup, can be delivered in a two, four, or six-hour format. Participants can derive immediate benefit from the material and put their new knowledge to use right away. For luncheons, corporate retreats, and strategic planning meetings presented in a variety of languages, visit www.adesis.com. You are listening to Adesis Methodology for Collaborative Management for Exceptional Results with Dr. Ishak Adesis. If you have a question or comment about the program, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to yolanda at adesis.com, spelled A like America, D like Denmark, I like Israel, Z like in Zambia, E like in Ecuador, and S like Spain. Now, back to the program. Why is it normal that they are so committed and so impossible and close-minded and, and so one-way track thinkers and, and uh, put all their weight on it? You have to, everything has to go to them. They're centralized, uh, autocratic, um, no delegation. What's going on here? I got an insight into why it's happening <laughs> by watching the animal channel on television. Do you realize that when an animal has its babies, gives birth, they're extremely protective of the babies. They're much more dangerous than otherwise. You see, the radius that they allow you to to approach them becomes much bigger, much longer. Uh, apropos, I almost got killed by elephant in Africa because I went on a walking safari and the guy that was going uh, leading us said, every animal has a radius. As long as you do not cross that radius, they will leave you alone. And you have to know the radius of every animal. And we came across a herd of elephants and uh, the, one of the elephants that we were approaching was with their back to us. So we were approached it to look at it, and then we stopped. And then the elephant turned around, and our guys out and shouted, Oh, my God, and started running away. Later on, I asked him, What happened? He says, The elephant had a baby, and we have crossed the radius. We were too close. See? The same thing is true for a company. When a founder who has been dreaming about the company, dreaming about what is going to start, and it might be, it was longer than nine months, and it was selling it to everybody, and he was falling in love with the idea of what he wants to do. 
Now that the baby, quote-unquote, is born, and he took the risk, he is extremely, he or she, is extremely protective. My way and no other way. Get the hell out of the way. Do it what I tell you to do. And I, so why don't you delegate? The answer is because I don't know what the hell I'm doing. If I knew what I'm doing, I would delegate. In order to delegate, you have to articulate what you're doing. You have to systematize. You have to set boundaries. Then you can delegate. If there are no boundaries, if it's not articulated, when you delegate, what are you actually doing? You're abdicating. You will lose control. You need to be hard-nosed. My way and no other way. Listen to me. I am... But what do you mean my way? I don't even know what I'm doing. That's right. I'm trying things out. So you just have to follow me. And I'm going to change my mind and trying to try, change, 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 change. And you guys have to implement it. Why? Because I'm trying to articulate what success is all about. How this organization is going to be successful. That makes the organization very, very centralized. We're a very autocratic, hard-nosed, non-participative, opinionated leader, normal. But as I said in one of the segments before of, the, of this broadcast, what's normal at one stage of the life cycle becomes abnormal at the next stage of the life cycle. So while it is normal to be hard-nosed, autocratic, at this stage of the life cycle, be careful. If you do not change your style down the road as organizations growing and changing, you might be suffocating the company. It will be like a mother that's still babying her son and is already 40 years old. Or a father who's still protecting his children from making mistakes, but they're already 40 years old. What are they doing? Suffocating them, taking the energy away from them, taking the oxygen away from them. They need to be on their own. They need to grow up. It's not easy, right, is it? As a parent, you probably know that. It's not easy. We all want to love our kids. We want to protect our kids. Not easy to let go, is it? It's not easy to change a style. Like you change your style of parenting, you have to change your style of managing a company. And what happens if you cannot change your style at the appropriate time, as you're growing, as you're changing? Well, we might have to change the president. That's why founders frequently get fired because they're dysfunctional, they're destructive to the company that they've given birth to, which is very tragic. They've dedicated their life to the company, they build the company, and then they get fired. Because now they're not helpful anymore, they're destructive to the company from their own. So, it's normal to be autocratic. It's normal to be hard-nosed, centralistic management at this stage of the life cycle. What else is normal at this stage of the life cycle? There is really no real organization chart. Why? Because flexibility has to be very high. So whatever needs to be done, the job description in a startup company should be whatever it takes. 
You want to bring people that are flexible, that are willing to do whatever needs to be done. If somebody comes to you with an MBA from Harvard or one of the leading schools and the startup company says, I want to know exactly what my responsibility is, exactly what my authority is, exactly you know, that, you know what you should do, show them exactly what the door is. Because at that stage, you want somebody who comes in and says, I'm committed, I love this company, I love the idea, I love the vision, I do whatever it takes. I will be a file clerk, I will be anything what is needed in order to make the company successful. That's the kind of a person you want at that stage of the life cycle. Committed to the mission. Because the flexibility should be high, what is next, characteristic of an infant organization, is as no real organization chart. The organization chart is very, very flexible. Oh, it doesn't tell you much. Why? Because whatever needs to be done, whatever needs to be done. You have an outline of a chart, but it's really not reflective what's really happening in the company. Everybody has to do its piece, and they share and transfer from each to the other. They work like a family. That's why in a startup company, the atmosphere is one of a family. We are together, we help each other, and we build the company up. How long can be an organization can be an infant? You have to be very careful because infancy requires a lot of energy. The organization, the founder of the organization is, and I've seen infant organizations where the people sleep on cots in the office. They don't go home. Maybe they spend their whole week in the office. They work day and night, sleep there, eat there, and they go home maybe on the weekend. It's a total, total commitment. Normal. That's an infant organization. But how long can it go? For how long can it go? It's very dangerous. Eventually, you lose energy. Eventually, you say, wait a moment. How much longer can this be? A baby, for six months, you know, cries a lot. You have to feed it, change it, rock it. But if it continues to cry and and have no routine of sleeping and eating, and it's already two years old, you better take it to a doctor. You have a real problem here, right? Same thing with the company. This kind of a helter-skelter environment has to end, has to end. And when will it end? Like with the baby, when it starts sleeping regularly, what happened? It got stabilized. The birth was a very traumatic experience, and now it finally stabilizes. Same thing with the company. We started a company. We had problems left and right. Inventory problems, production problems, supply problems, people problems, money problems, cash flow problems. You, you name it. It's one crisis after the other. Eventually, it will stabilize if it is managed well. Finally, the customers are repetitive, the supply is predictable, the workers are not leaving, you have some seniority here, so the knowledge is not being lost as people leave. 
And you, when you stabilize, what's happening? Look at the baby. What happens to a baby when it stabilizes? It opens its eyes. And it's not just a baby, a human baby. All animals are born for a while blind. Then they open their eyes. Why they are blind? Because they're taking care of their own organism. Like a baby takes care of its own organism when it's born. An organization takes care of itself to stabilize itself before it can open its eyes. It will open its eyes, quote-unquote, when it stabilizes so the energy that was spent on dealing with problems now gets available to deal with the external environment. And when the baby opens its eyes, what happens? It starts looking around. That's why you put a mobile above their head. And then they turn around. Then they start crawling. And what do you have to do with a baby that starts crawling? You should not lose sight of them. You have to walk behind them and shout, no, 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 no. Why? Because they're trying to jump from the sofa head first. They open drawers they have no business opening. They put in their mouth things that should not be chewing. You cannot lose sight of them. And if, God forbid, they get to the window, they might jump out of the window. Not that, they, not that they believe they can fly. They simply don't know the difference. Same thing with the company. When it stabilizes and the energy gets freed from crisis available, the company moves to the next stage of the life cycle called go-go. And like a baby that's crawling and everything is interesting and they're exploring, the go-go company starts exploring they forget the difficulties they had in infancy to make it to make it alive. And now they're interested in everything that's passing. That's why in a go-go company, the founder might come back from a trip and say, we just bought a shopping center. What the hell are we in the shopping center? We're a shoe company. Yeah, but what we did with shoes, we can do with shopping center. <laughs> you know, that's why it's a go-go. It jumps from the sofa first head on. Everything looks interesting. Open a branch in Hong Kong. Do this. Make a deal here. Invest here. Invest there. It is a go-go all over the place. It's like a bush that one spring, you wake up in the morning and it's in all directions flourishing. Going in all directions simultaneously. Go-go. The go-go organization. What are the dangers of a go-go organization? What to do about it? After our break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post on our wall your thoughts about our shows and network. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. Learn about applying the ADESIS methodology in your organization's decision-making process. Our comprehensive training programs include a three-day introduction to the ADESIS methodology, Breakthrough to Prime, and Leading Highly Effective Teams, a detailed seven-day seminar. The seminars are valuable for corporate leaders, key executives, and others involved in the decision-making process. Our trainings are available around the world and in multiple languages. For more information about these and other training programs available, please visit adesis.com. 
Join the Adesis Graduate School for online master's and Ph.D. programs. Get involved with in-depth research into how change can be managed on many levels across disciplines and cultures worldwide. The clinical programs train practitioners with methods that have been used with exceptional results by certified Adesis associates and clients for decades. Core concepts include the proven Adesis theory and spiral dynamics, an emerging theory of human social evolution. For more information, go to adesisgraduateschool.org. You are listening to Adesis Methodology for Collaborative Management for Exceptional Results with Dr. Ishak Adesis. If you have a question or comment about the program, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to yolanda at adesis.com, spelled A like America, D like Denmark, I like Israel, Z like in Zambia, E like in Ecuador, and S like Spain. Now, back to the program. What happens in the global company is growing very fast, by the way, but in multiple directions. Like that bush I told you, the spring goes in all directions. The Google company is in the shoe business, but they made a deal to invest in a real estate, and they also have a deal to, for a trading company, and they're going to buy something in China, and the founder is all excited and is investing the money made from the Google company in some other deals outside. This is called from rags to riches. The company is growing and the founder is very excited. Money is coming in. And he starts spending it. The chairman of Wells Fargo Bank told me, in the banking industry, we already know that, in companies, startup companies, first they come in to ask for a loan for working capital. Then they ask for a loan for an expensive car. And then they need a loan to finance their divorce. Basically, a sequence of advances where the founder becomes arrogant. Why arrogant? Because they succeeded from rags to riches. That infant organization that they started is now making it. Money is coming in. We are growing. We're going in different directions. Everything looks good and promising. It's like the space syndrome. Expanding on the margin while it is collapsing at the core. And why is it collapsing at the core? Because building an organization, building a business, is like building a high-rise if you build a foundation for three floors and now the business is good, there is a shortage of real estate, commercial real estate, and people need space, you might make the mistake and add the fourth and the fifth and the sixth floor without dealing with the foundations. And what's going to happen? The building will collapse. Why you did not deal with the foundations? Because founders would say, there is no money in the foundations. What the hell are we spending time and money on it? Let's build the fourth and the fifth and the sixth floor. And what, are, what do I mean the foundations? Organization chart, division responsibilities, what kind of people do we need, budgetary controls, 
reward system that makes sense rather than helter skelter. Everybody has his own deal. It's becoming very confusing. What is the reward system of the company? These are all foundations. And if the foundations are good only for three floors as the company is growing and the structure is not good enough and the reward system is not systematized enough and the information system is not good enough, does not flow through the whole organization to provide information for decision-making, what's going to happen? The Google company will hit the wall. When election to start to companies in the Google stage, I said, my warning is, it's not whether you will get into trouble. It is when will you get into trouble. It's only a question of time. You will get into trouble. And when the Google company gets into trouble, that's when the board of directors, the investors get very concerned. And what do they do very often? The founder that was up to that point a genius becomes overnight to an unguided missile, crazy man, uncontrollable person. We need to get rid of him. He is the source of all the trouble. He or she built the company. It was very good to build the company, but they cannot manage the company. They are the source of all trouble. We need to get rid of them and replace it with whom? With the person who can read books, who can read the numbers. Usually there's a time when the financial officer takes over the company and gets promoted, the financial person. Why? Because the board, the investors, want predictability. They are scared of this uncontrollable growth and change that the founder brings to the company. So Google company, what is normal in a Google company? You remember an infant organization, an organization chart to speak of. In a Google company, they have organization chart. But when you ask them to see it, they have a smile on their face. And they say, which one do you want, last night or this morning? Why? Because they're constantly changing it. And if you ask somebody to draw it for you, it will be like a chicken has walked all over that piece of paper. Dotted lines here, solid lines there, wiggling lines there. Who do you report to? But mostly to him. Ah, also sometimes to him. And by the way, what's going on here? The company is growing faster than it can get organized. So people report to multiple people. There is a whole, you know, in a Google company, it's very confusing. Let's put it that way. And it's very difficult to know who is accountable. If there is success, everybody tries to get credit for it. If it's a failure, nobody did it. Nobody did it. Everybody passes passes the buck to somebody else. Why? Because it's not organized. It's a mess. And it has a lot of holes. Instead of hiring people, we give to other people that are already maybe available to do it. So we are going into Canada. You were born in Canada. Why don't you take Canada in the meantime? And be very careful. There is nothing more permanent than continuous temporary. So you give somebody a temporary task, you don't change it for two years, and what's happening after that? It became a permanent assignment. The person is holding to the chair, and if you want to take it away, you have to give something else instead. It becomes, it loses flexibility. 
It is like a young tree that you did not attend to, and with the wind, it grew perpendicular to the floor, or 49, 40, 45 degrees to the ground. It grew sideways, and it became permanent. Now try to change it. You probably cannot. You have to cut the tree off. So you have to be careful what is growing and for how long it's growing and how it's growing. A Google company doesn't have an organization chart. It is highly centralized, like in an infancy, because the founder feels he's the top of the mountain, he has made it, he made it successful, from rags to riches, and he becomes, it is a characteristic of a Google company, very easily arrogant, with capital A. We made it. We are successful. Everybody told us during infancy, it cannot be done. We proved them wrong. Now if somebody comes and tells me anything, any criticism, I tell them to go home because nobody knows better than me what is right. They become arrogant, don't want to listen to anybody. In spite of the fact that the organization is badly structured, it is organically grown and you have people not stepping on each other. In spite of the fact that probably the budgetary system is not under control. Because if the organization is not very well structured, then the information does not flow very well. Who should go get what information? Who is responsible for which part of the budget? It is all more or less. It's floating around. We don't know. And what's happening? Because of the structure and what's happening. Accountability is very low. The founder has to take all the responsibility on himself or herself because he's the only one who is above the fry. Everybody knows if you want a problem, go to the founder. You want a solution, go to the founder. Highly centralized. And he takes all the responsibility for everything. Although most of the things, he doesn't know what's happening. But he's still responsible. It is a mess. Which means that eventually... A Gogo company will fall into trouble. A Gogo company will go into a market they don't know enough about, go with a new product they've not tested well enough, they will get sued by the franchisees, they will get sued by the licensees, they will be sued delivered by the employees, or they will go into a market and lose money like crazy very fast, because they have not studied the market very well. These are all repercussions of arrogance. The collateral damage of arrogance. We are successful. I, in my book on, of quotations, I say, warning, the reasons why you were successful in the past can be the same reasons why you're going to be failing in the future. Because it does not fit anymore. Your success made you arrogant, and now this arrogancy is cutting your future success. The worst is called the seagull syndrome. When the seagull syndrome occurs, it is an abnormal problem to which we should address a special attention after the break.
on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host. For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Dr. Ishak Adesis is one of the leading management experts in the world. He has written 14 books that address the challenges facing top management. Books by Dr. Adesis can be found in 24 languages. They can be purchased at the Adesis store at www.adesis.com or on Amazon.com. Electronic versions are now available for three of the books with more to come. These books reflect over 40 years of study in the fields of management and organizational change. Pick up a copy of one of the books for yourself or as a gift today. Top Leaf is a turnkey management development curriculum that consists of a set of 20 to 30 minute videos presented by Dr. Ishak Adesis, creator of the methodology and founder of the Adesis Institute. The Adesis methodology is considered by many to be a solid foundation for all organizational development. The Top Leaf curriculum is made up of three programs. Top Leaf can be used by individuals, by organizations, and by trainers and consultants looking for new content to offer their clients. For more information about Top Leaf, visit www.adesis.com. You are listening to Adesis Methodology for Collaborative Management for Exceptional Results with Dr. Ishak Adesis. If you have a question or comment about the program, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to yolanda at adesis.com, spelled A like America, D like Denmark, I like Israel, Z like in Zambia, E like in Ecuador, and S like Spain. Now, back to the program. What is a single syndrome? If you're a sail, sail, sailor and you have a sailboat, you don't like singles because they come and crap on your, on your boat, right? Well, something similar happens in a company. The founders build the company. The company is doing very well as they perceive it. Money is coming in. Revenues are coming in. You know, everything looks good. Although there is no structure, although there is no systems, although there is no discipline, but, you know, that's the first thing in the market, they're doing well. Then the founders were arrogant, feel that they have made it. Now is the time to enjoy life. They go and take a cruise, they go traveling, or some of them have a mistress, or a lover, they, in other words, they leave the company for some time, go away. And then what happens when they come back? That's the single syndrome. All hell breaks loose. They're unhappy about this, they're unhappy about this and that, and this and that. They start attacking everyone, giving assignments, very unhappy, fire some people, scare the hell out of everybody, and then they leave. Then they come back again, again, commotion. Then they leave, then come back, again, commotion. The people are tired. They don't know what to do, what not to do. 
Because when the founders come back, they always have some new ideas and new priorities. And then they don't follow up on them. They just leave. Then they come again. It is a mess. People become paralyzed. Basically, what people say at that stage is until the old man or the old woman, whoever the founder is, until they die, nothing will change around here. There is nothing we can do. We have to wait until they die. Which is, by the way, is not true. In the methodology, we have succeeded to help companies and you don't need to kill the founder or the founder to live in order for the company to be healthy and successful. That Sigasinam is very dangerous because it paralyzes the company. You're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't do. If you do, he comes back and says, what are you doing? I already changed my mind. That's the wrong thing to do. You should have done something else. And if you don't do, they get upset. How come you didn't do anything? Where were you all this time? What were you doing all this time? It's a very trying time, very complicated, very painful time. That is the go-go situation. It's exciting in the beginning, painful later on. And the founder starts getting frustrated. I don't know what to do. It's not working. I'm having problems. People are not following up. I'm <laughs> it is a typical go-go founder's expression. It's difficult to soar like an eagle when you're surrounded by turkeys. I'm surrounded by turkeys. Nobody does what they're supposed to do. They do not, they're not committed enough. They're not, they're not advancing. You know, I give them assignments and don't do it. Or they don't show initiative. They are not committed. I don't know what to do. I'm surrounded by turkeys. You go talk to the people and they say, there is nothing we can do. The decision is centralized. Anything we do is the wrong thing to do. It immediately cuts us, you know, inside, cuts our, as at the, at the near level. It criticizes all the time. It, any direction it gives, it changes later on. You know, I give up. I just give up. They become possums. They lie down, act like they're dead, although they're not dead. Just to survive. Just to survive. Eventually, the Google company will get into trouble. Bad structure. Responsibility is very foggy. Authority is in the arrogant founder who is a seagull. Board of Directors does not dare to do anything. It's usually composed at that stage, composed of the friends and the cronies of the founder, maybe his wife, maybe his parents. The whole thing is cooked. Nobody dares to disagree with him or her because they bring money in and usually bribes the board, quote-unquote bribes. They get stock options, they get benefits. So who is here to question the genius. Who is here to doubt the genius? Everybody goes with the founder, follows the founder, although the company is getting increasingly into trouble, but nobody dares to move because they're all hoping that he will save the company and make a change. So in the beginning, it's acceptable. Eventually, it's not acceptable anymore. The company is in trouble, Badly managed, and what happens at that stage usually, the professional manager, the CFO, 
that is most threatened by all these changes and the difficulties that the company has, develops an alliance with some members of the board of directors, feeds them with information what's wrong with the company, and the board of directors starts getting an inkling. We need to change the founder. We need to change the founder. He is now not an asset anymore. He is a, he is a liability. And who do they think to appoint as a, as a leader now? Who becomes the CEO once they fire the founder? The chief financial officer. That's right. Why? That person knows the numbers, is stable, is predictable, and that's what the company needs, predictability and stability. Let's put a person we know to manage and stabilize the company so that we don't lose money anymore. The financial guys get appointed. The problem is financial guys don't know the market. They don't know marketing. They don't know production. They don't know quality. They don't know anything beyond looking at the numbers. So because they only look at the numbers, they start managing by the numbers. They manage by the figures. And what's happening after that? The company starts to age prematurely. It didn't even get to prime. A was introduced prematurely, takes control of a Google company, and a company now starts to age early, prematurely. What to do about it? What do we do about it? This is the stage when it's very difficult, you see, because at the advanced stages of, of, of Google, when the company gets into trouble, the company needs to be born the second time. And what does it mean the second time? It's called adolescence. If you look at the family, when the children become teenagers, they're not called teenagers. Very often they're called monsters. Why are teenagers such monsters? Why are they so difficult on the family? What's going on here? Some teenagers commit suicide. What is going on here? Well, in the teenager years, that child, the teenager, is starting to separate himself from the company. He is coming into his own. He, he or she wants authority to decide by himself. I am a grown-up. They want the authority of the grown-up, but the responsibility of a child. They don't take responsibility. They want only authority. And the parents are getting worried. They don't want to delegate authority. And they take responsibility for the child. It's very confusing time in a family. Confusing enough that the children can run away. Same thing in a company. The company, hear me well, the company is getting emancipated from the founders. It's coming into its own life at that stage. Advanced Gogo beginning adolescence. It's coming into its own existence as a separate company from the founders. It's getting separated from the founders. It's getting professionalized. And that starts a fight with the founder. In the advanced go-go, beginning adolescence, in adolescent stage of the life cycle, there is a love-hate relationship. The company loves the founder because they rely on him, they need him, they, 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 they admire him for building the company. And at the same time, they resent him because he's the source of all the troubles. He always brings troubles, he always brings crisis into the company. So there is a love-hate relationship. 
and the founder is in the same in the same trouble. He loves the company built, but at the same time he's starting to resent resent it. As one founder told me once, Doctor Adizes, do you know when do you stop making love to a gorilla? I said no, I don't know. He says it's not when you want; it's when the gorilla wants. When he started the company, he started playing with a little hairy monkey. Was fun. That little hairy monkey grew up to be a gorilla. Now who is doing it to whom? Who is controlling whom? Now the founder is becoming a prisoner of his own creation. The golem has risen, risen against its creator. You build an organization, and now this organization that you built is giving you a hard time. You will love it, and you hate it at the same time. And I've seen companies when the founder says, "I'm going to fire all the vice presidents. I've had enough of this." You know what happens there? The founder starts killing their own creation. They cannot control it. They're frustrated. They start making decisions that will eventually destroy the company. Do you know that? Now they have wonderful sentences. Why they're doing it for the good of the company? It's good for the. But eventually, what's really happening? They're destroying the company. 1991, I was invited in Yugoslavia by the Prime Minister of Serbia at the time to, to see if I can help. To the Yugoslavia Federa- Federation will not break apart. I met with Milosevic. I realized he was set on destroying Serbia. If I cannot control it, I better destroy it. This is a typical founder's trap. More about it at the next broadcast. Thank you very much for the opportunity to talk to you. I hope you found it beneficial. Please let me hear from you so I know how helpful this is. Any suggestions how to make it better? This is your Ichak Adizes, Santa Barbara, California. Thank you very much. Thank you again for joining us this week for Adesis Methodology for Collaborative Management for Exceptional Results with Dr. Ishak Adesis. Please tune in again next Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, enjoy your weekend and a successful week.